Jilbi is still working. <laughs> but obviously, I mean, uh, Jilbi will definitely keep on working. But the morning session which we had, especially the meditation, I'm sure everybody is still going to be fresh for whole day. Okay, so we'll start our next session. See, Swami Vivekananda's message to the youth. So this session, I would say, this session is specially for you, dedicated to all the youths of this country. Swami Vivekananda said, my hope lies in the youth of character. Intelligent, renouncing all for the service of others and obedient, who can sacrifice their lives in working out my ideas and thereby do good to themselves and country at large. So you can understand Swami Vivekananda had tremendous faith on the youth. Young, energetic, strong, well-built, intellectual youths of this country. He always said that youth is the future of the country, future of India. He always wanted youths with muscle of iron and nerves of steel. See what expectations Swamiji has from all the youths of this country. Swamiji's thunderbolt words that transformed the freedom fighters into lion, heart of lion. Swamiji had tremendous faith in all of you. And this session, we specifically thought that it should be a message, what message Swamiji has given for the youth. And so I, so I request uh, Swami Veerabhadranandaji to uh, pass on the message of Swamiji to all of you. Thank you. Tungare, before we proceed, there are three beautiful quotations. You can select two boys and one girl to read these quotations there. India, our motherland. Shall India die? Then from the world, all spirituality will extinct. All moral perfection will be extinct. All sweets sold, sympathy for religion will be extinct. All ideality will be extinct. And in its place will reason the duality of lust and luxury as the male and female deities. With money as its priest, fraud, force, and competition, its ceremonies, and the human soul its sacrifice, such a thing can never be. Will she die? This old mother of all, that is noble or moral or spiritual. The old mother of all, that is noble or moral or spiritual, the land which the sages trod, the land in which godlike men still live and breath, I will borrow the lalten of Athentian sage and follow you, my brother, through the cities and villages, plains and forests of this broad world. Saw me such men in other lands, if you can. India will be raised not with the power of the flesh, but with the power of the spirit. Not with the flag of destruction, but with the flag of peace and love. One vision I see clear as life before me, that the ancient mother has awakened once more sitting on her throne rejuvenated, more glorious than ever. Proclaim her to all the world with the voice of peace and benediction. Have faith in yourself. You people were once the Vedic crisis. Only you have come in different forms. That's all. I see it clear as daylight that you all have infinite powers in you. 
rouse rouse that up arise arise apply yourselves heart and soul gird up your lions what will you do with wealth and fame that a suit runs its tree do you know what i think i don't care for mukti and all that my mission is to arouse within you all such ideas i'm ready to undergo a 100000 rebirths to train up a single man good afternoon friends <coughs> madhya pradesh is full hmm we will once more go through these words of swami ji and then we shall see what is the message of swami vivekananda to the youth this is from the well known book vivekananda his call to the nation <coughs> shall india die then from the world all spirituality will be extinct all moral perfection will be extinct all sweet soul sympathy for religion will be extinct all ideality will be extinct and in its place will reign the duality of lust and luxury as the male and female deities money will be its priest fraud force and competition its ceremonies and the human soul its sacrifice such a thing can never be will india die this old mother of all that is noble or moral or spiritual the land which sages trod the land in which god godlike men still live and breathe i will borrow the lantern of the athenian sage and follow you my brother through the cities and villages plains and forests of this broad world show me such men in other lands if you can this is from the man who went round india twice or thrice and made a thorough study of india its culture tradition and also the temperament of indian mind so he says there is a role for india to play and in connection with that role india has to play in the world arena of other countries what is the role of indian indian youths especially will be looked into in the next quotation swamiji says india will be raised not with the power of the flesh but with the power of the spirit not with the flag of destruction but with the flag of peace and love swami vivekananda had a vision this vision was not like the vision of a industrialist or a politician this was the vision of a sage this vision was not a dream he used to tell that divine mother has shown me i have seen clearly what is going to happen for the next 1500 years so this vision is not the vision of a industrialist or a politician or anybody who is trying to do something wonderful this is something which vivekananda literally saw because of his spiritual nature and whatever swami vivekananda has predicted all these things have happened long back before swami vivekananda became famous in the chicago parliament of religions he was staying in the house of a devotee and they had arranged for a small parlor talk in the evening just as swami has come to your house and then there is a small satsang 
And while talking, Swamiji told, India will be free within the next 50 years. And it was in 1897. Not by her own efforts, but the world situation will make the colonial countries quit the occupied lands. This was one observation of Swamiji. And he told, moment India becomes free, there is a great danger of China attacking. See, he was, not, he was not an astrologist, but he could really see what is happening. He was a Dirgadarshi, a sage who could read history because of his transcendental powers. And India became free exactly after 50 years in 1947. And in 1962, China attacked. And as Swami Vivekananda was coming through the different countries of Europe, he remarked, the whole of Europe is on the brink of a volcanic eruption. If religion and spirituality does not go and supplement, there is a great danger of a catastrophe taking place. To some extent, the catastrophe took place in the form of First World War and Second World War. But by that time, Swami Vivekananda had already cast the seeds of Vedanta in the foreign countries, and somehow all these countries withdrew from the war. So the observations of Swami Vivekananda have all come true. And the observation which he finally made was, the whole world is in need of light. And India alone has that light. He says, whole world is in need of light, and India alone can give that light. It's very difficult for us to believe. As we proceed in today's theme, we'll find out how India has that role to play among the world countries. There is a specific role for us to play. Here Swamiji says, India will be raised not with the power of the flesh, but with the power of the spirit. Some centuries before, India was raised by the power of the spirit. Do you know when? Hmm? The fame of India spread Sri Lanka, Japan, Malaysia, Singapore, Java, Sumatra, Indonesia. Huh? At the time of Buddha. And that was not by the power of sword or bombs, but just by the power of the spirituality. Even China was captured by the spiritual ideals of India proceeding in the form of Buddhism. So the Indian invasion is not in a barbaric way. India also invades. It's a spiritual conquest of the entire world. And Swamiji has already predicted the wonderful principles that has come out from our Upanishads, Gita, and other scriptures in the form of Vedanta, they will be capturing the Western countries. And already if you go through the internet, Kundalini awakening, transcendental meditation, this meditation, pranayama, yoga, this thing, that thing. The Western market is invaded by Indian spirituality, is it not? And there is a beautiful book about which I had been refer referring to you the previous days. The Ravi Batra's book, The Great Depression. He wrote a book titled Great Depression and that was the economic collapse about which he was discussing in that book. He wrote another book, The Law of Cycles. How the cycle is moving like this. Once upon a time, India was great. India fell down, and again, the second cycle is coming. And then in the world market, there will be a demand for some unusual commodity. 
about which I referred in the morning. I also told that 10 years before when Dhirubhai Ambani was telling that information will be the most needed com commodity in the market, most of the Indians refused to believe. Information can become a commodity in the market and people will be demanding. Now what has happened? Information technology bombarding the whole world with information and information itself has become a commodity to generate revenue, is it not? So information is so valuable now. The next generation, it is not information. It is a transformation inside the man that will be the valuable commodity. All of us have got plenty of information, is it not? Information, information, information. But the transformation technology, information technology, we all have, but where is the transformation technology? And Swamiji says the transformation technology can come only when you are a man of character. Man with morality and values, and where these commodities will be found in abundance, Ravi Batra says, in India. That is how India will be conquering the West through the power of the spirituality. Men of great moral characters who cannot be swept by the power of money or post or name or fame. So this is the role Swamiji wanted India to play. And he said tremendous valuable gems and priceless things are there in India. We have to throw this to the other countries and they will be madly scrambling after these values. Social values, individual values, family values, spiritual values, cultural values. All this will be in great demand. It's impossible or almost difficult for us to see how these values can become a tremendous commodity. Just as previous years, they refused to believe that information could become a commodity. So men with great characters in ancient times in Greece and Rome, they used to come to India and they used to take plenty of Brahmins and learned persons, pandits and scholars from India. They say, we wanted persons of this nature to be in our country. They used to come to Nalanda University to learn these values. So there is something tremendous inside the tradition of India and the world is in need of that. As times are progressing, as the lifestyle and the mode of living undergoes a change, we all are thinking that we are all developing and progressing, is it not? I read in one book, the modern world with tall buildings everywhere inside which live men of short characters, small characters. Buildings are tall, but men have small characters. Posh, wonderful buildings with broken families inside. Streets full of light and men having darkness in their heart. Guided missiles with misguided men behind them. So everything is going in this way of contradiction so with all our boasted technological development, the technological boom is not accompanied by psychological boom. We are not able to keep pace with the technological development. In the famous book of the Alvin, Alvin Toffler, The Future Shock, he says, the rate at which the external world is developing 
man is not able to keep pace with that development he is lagging behind leading to a psychological conflict inside man and even in the life of students we find peer pressures parents pressures teachers pressure the pressure to perform so what is all this happening in spite of our technological developments bringing more and more conveniences and creating less and less comfortable situations we have a lot of conveniences but how many of us are really comfortable because man lives essentially not in the external material world what was the term we used for the material world outside we had used one word in the attitudes scenery scenery is the external world but the situation is the internal world though in, we live in the same scenery in the same material external world we all have our own internal situations is it not the mental world is the world in which we all are living so in spite of the material development we still have sorrow we still have fear still we have hatred we have jealousy and we have selfishness so we are all bound within the walls of these emotional structure how to come out of it and that has been the syllabus of indian educational system in ancient days we had two types of education para and apara the secular education and the spiritual education in ancient times rishis understood they had also made scientific advancements and developments vivekananda says the modern scientific discoveries seem like echoes of the ancient discoveries made by indian sages ages ago they seem to be like an echo so olden days in india rishis had found out all these things now the present modern day discoveries of the west seem to me to be like an echo it's only an echoing so after finding out all these things rishis understood that it is not the atom bomb or the atomic power that is important what is important is the atomic or the nuclear power important or something else important hmm person who told that wonderful it is not the atomic power or the nuclear power that is important person wielding that power is important if the person is not in good condition or not in good situation then he can create havoc in this society in this world so development externally does not really mean a real comfortable cozy cool life so rishis they understood that it is the internal man the man inside if he can be transformed and that is the role of religion or spirituality what is the role of religion to take a brute jungle man raise him to the level of a cultured man take that cultured man and raise him to the level of a buddha man krishna man a christ man or a vivekananda man if man is there everything else is bound to come we'll see the third quotation with that we will enter into the discussion have faith in yourself you people were once the vedic rishis
don't think that Vedic rishis were simply some pujaris or priests like that. They were all great scientists, you know. People who invented so many things. If you see the Ramayana, you'll find rishis are inventing and the Asura, Maricha and Subhagu, they will be discussing. They are telling that these rishis are constantly inventing some new scientific things and we have to destroy their yajna and homa. So rishis were great people, you know. Vishwamitra discovered coconut, you know. Do you know that the great sage Vishwamitra? He was the person who found out this coconut. He invented the Gayatri Mantra. So they have done wonderful things like that. In London when Swami Vivekananda was talking about Raja Yoga and when he was discussing about the Kundalini Shakti, he was talking and describing that now we are having the sensation through the network of nerves. We have got nervous system and through the network of that nerves, all our transactions are being done. But when the Kundalini is awakened, we can work without the help of these nerves. For example, if a mosquito bites, there are two types of nerves in our body called sensory nerve and the motor nerve, efferent and the afferent nerves. So when I talk to you, the sound, I am not directly touching you, the sound goes to the eardrum, touches your nerves, the sound impulses are carried to your brain, and again the sound impulses come back, and then you understand what is being told. And Swamiji says, this is taking place through the network of nerves. We have got network in our mobile, you know. We have got network in our TV. Everywhere we have got network. And he says, when the Kundalini is awakened, you can work without this network. Sitting here, you can understand what is happening in somebody's mind. This is called telepathy, the power of clairaudience, clairvoyance. All the supernatural powers can come to us. <coughs> then referring to that, he says, now in the present day, man is sending messages through the wire, and that was called telegraph. But it is possible to send messages without the wire of the telegraph. The present situation only shows the inability of the man to send message without wire. Now without wire, we are sending messages. Is it not wireless telegraph has come? And this was 40 years before the wireless telegraph was discovered. And Vivekananda is making a mention. He was not a scientist. Otherwise, he would have entered into that field and he would have discovered the wireless telegraph. Yes. And our rishis have discovered all these things. They are all in principles in Rig Veda and other parts of these four Vedas. But they understood that whatever external discovery or progress or development we make on the technological level, unless if it is adequately and sufficiently supplemented by psychological and spiritual development, it is going to create a problem. It is like the Aladdin's lamp. The ghost comes and you don't know what to do. You have to constantly keep him busy, otherwise he will kill you. So they understood that unless we create some transformation in man, the external transformations can play havoc, and they have already played havoc in the form of two world wars, and now it is still threatening, is it not? Anytime a war can break out between the oil countries and the non-oil countries. Is it not? Constantly the climate for war is looming large all over the world. Any time it can explode. 
So many thousands of missiles in USA are stationed facing China. And China has placed so many missiles facing USA. What for? All these are an indication that inside the mind of man, there is a brooding situation for future war, is it not? Wars are fought first in the mind of man, then in the external world, Winston Churchill. Wars are first planned in the minds of the great leaders and then others execute in the external world. But India had a separate message and it was the only country which never went out to invade other country. And somebody pointed out to Vivekananda, Swamiji, is it not that India had been weak that it never went out to conquer other nations? He told, Madam, that exclusively is the strength of India, I feel. There is no need for India to go and conquer. It is only a weak man who cannot keep quiet and be satisfied with his own self that he goes and conquers. He's so aggressive. And all the wild animals in the jungle are aggressive. Is it not? This is the aggressive nature for conquering, for seizing other man's property. When you evolve, in the jungle, lion is the king. One who can kill all others is the king. When you come to land, who is the king? Mahatma is the king. One who can give his life for thousands of people. Lion is the king of the jungle because... It can take the lives of thousands of animals. And when you come to land, to the city or town, it is not the man who takes the life of thousands of people who can become king. It is the one who gives the life. That is why we find Hitler, Chinggis Khan, Napoleon, Alexander, all these people have had their run and their time, but one Christ, one Buddha, one Krishna who never conquered any country, they are still living forever, is it not? See the difference in the effect in the human mind. One who can give his life for others. Swamiji says this essentially is a message from India. Live and let live. So he says once upon a time you were all Vedic rishis. Only you have come in different forms, that's all. I see it. Clear as daylight that you all have infinite power in you. Rouse up that. Arise, arise. Apply yourselves heart and soul. Gird up your loins. What will you do with wealth and fame that are so transitory? As you are young, you may feel money and other things are something really a solid thing in life. It is not money, it is not the name, it is not the fame, it is a real caliber and capacity inside. Swamiji says, whoever told money makes man. It's man who makes money. If you read the life of the great man, KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, he was like an ordinary beggar, you know, he used to sleep on the rear side of his car, rear seat of his car. Suddenly, one day, when he had sent the sample of the Kentucky Fried Chicken, it clicked. And overnight, he became a millionaire. And he was a poor man. He rose from the ashes. So it is not that money makes man. All the great people in India, you find that they have risen from the resources which are inside, not the external. External resources are nothing. The real resourcefulness, if you have, then that is the real wealth. 
Do you know what I think? I don't care for mukti or personal liberation and all that. My mission is to arouse within you all such ideas. Put inside your mind these inspiring, invigorating ideas and a great transformation will come up in your actions. I am ready to undergo a hundred thousand rebirths to train up a single man. Why? Because one man can set fire to the whole nation. One lamp lighted, it can light thousands of lamps. So each one of us like to have some water? Yourself? No, this girl. You want to have some water? You got it. Swamiji is directly targeting each one of you individually. In one place, Swamiji says, I may have to be born again because I have fallen in love with man. See the beauty of Swamiji's statement. Falling in love with God, he actually came to Sri Ramakrishna to see God. After seeing God, he had fallen in love with man. He says, inside man is the greatest expression of God. If the whole creation is a beautiful aspect of God's power, man is the Taj Mahal of creation. He says, take care of man and everything else will be taken care of. You know the story that once the India map was torn and the owner could not put the India map together, but his servant could do that. When the owner had gone out, the servant had arranged and the owner asked, how could you join all the other parts of India together and have a Akhanda Bharat? He told, I never bothered about Akhanda Bharat. Behind the map of India, there was an image of a single man. It was easy for me to put together a single man. If single man is all right, whole India will be all right. Tum chalo to Hindustan chale. You saw the video. So can we walk? So keeping these points in mind, we will take up the ideas of Swamiji. And this particular mission of putting India on the world pedestal, that was the vision and mission of Swamiji. Not because he was an Indian. Because the world is in crisis, it is in danger. And it is in need of ideas and values for reinvigorating it to bring about a change in the mind and heart of people. Who can do that? The whole world is burning, Swamiji says. Who will give light? Religions of the world have become lifeless mockeries. What the world wants is unselfishness and love. So India's message is that unselfishness and love, and Swamiji wanted youth to prepare India for that purpose, for the conquest of the world. Deluging the whole world with spiritual ideas. So we have read the three quotations. In those three quotations, we have the message of Swamiji. What are they? India has a role to play in the development of the world. In the global situation, India has a role to play for the all-round total development of the world. And how that role will be achieved? Not by the power of the science, by the power of the bombs, but by the power of spirituality. 
by spirituality swamiji meant total human development it is not that we will become beggars or we will become sanyasis or sadhus or yogis we will have this two sided development both material development as well as the spiritual development and to apply ourselves for that swamiji says the power and energy and knowledge is already inside us have faith in ancient days in ancient times rishis believed that this power was inside man and they could work out the development of india both on the material aspect and also on the spiritual aspect we have to work on the material plane for the material development of this country and also for the spiritual development of the country we should not overlook or overemphasize either of them equally we have to develop our capacities to work to think at the same time we should develop our capacity to meditate and also to renounce and sacrifice our life for the benefit of humanity so these three points you have to keep it in mind india's mission in the context of the world countries there is a role there is a responsibility and duty for india to play in the context of the world situation we should not forget swami ji was full of anguish and anxiety for this world situation because he was a lover of man not indian he was not a lover of indian he was a lover of man whether you are a negro or an american or indian or a japanese he is not bothered he is a lover of man you can be of any race or any caste or any religion so this india's mission is the first point swami ji saw this as a vision india has to play this role he says each country has got a mission and they have chosen their profession long time before some countries are for military power for example america and other countries some are for business england and other countries india has chosen spirituality as its profession or occupation and swamiji says there is nothing to be ashamed of everything is there to be proud of because wealth name fame power and post all will vanish everything is transitory but spiritual values are eternal they will be staying forever principles can never change after satisfying the material desires the material comforts the material needs as the man rises in evolution there is a demand for something higher in life can we have something superlative more than this material comforts and joys we have seen through all the comforts of life this quest was there in ancient india we have satisfied all our desires what next this is called vishayanandam and they told there is something more super and superior to this and which never fades away once you realize the sense pleasures the material comforts how long can you have it how long can you go on eating ice cream after the third or fourth cup 
your point of share sheet is reached and then the law of diminishing returns starts any economic student is here you know what is the law of diminishing returns the curve goes up after the third cup the satisfaction level comes down we say okay and if you get daily masal dosa you will say it's so boring change something in the beginning you like to have masal dosa after 3 or 4 weeks you will tell daily only masal dosa so the wants and the power of satiation is so limited because our senses are limited so this indriya sukham are the pleasure of the body or at the material level the pleasure of matter is limited can there be something else which is longer lasting with no manufacturing and expiry date all the goods have manufacturing and expiry date is it not all our joys have got manufacturing date and also expiring date you can't go on watching tv for 3 or 4 days continuously after some time the eyes will start getting strained you will lose sleep and so many other diseases will start so this limited joy is constantly changing it is fading and it is impermanent and in india rishis they discovered that there is something untouched by the shadow of this world where misery and sorrow cannot peep and that is a ceaseless joy something totally a different cable tv continuously running cable tv and rishis found out and they say e haiva here and now you can enjoy and how much and how long is a ceaseless joy and there is no more boredom no monotony no strain no tiredness no manufacturing and expiry date for that joy it was called brahmananda all of you are given a sample of that brahmanandam daily you are able to make out daily you are drinking that joy it is inside you already you are able to make out no just like the salesman they are giving some samples god has given a sample of this joy to you yes during sleep that is the third dimension of human personality of which we have not spoken because the themes were so vast the waking state in which we are this is only a small part of your personality as you go and lie down on the bed and as you start sleeping you enter into a totally different mysterious world called swapna dream staying here on bed you are in brazil or america or in switzerland is it not and having a wonderful lunch here in india you go there or after a dinner you go there and you start eating there and again you come back and you find within 3 or 4 hours i am back in pune but i was there in america that is true or this is true janaka raja had this doubt he was a great king he was defeated by a neighboring country ruler he was thrown into the forest and he was suffering and one day he got food and he was about to take the food some creature took it and spilled it over and he could not get that food and he was crying in anguish oh god and in that anguish he woke up then he found that he is the same janaka raja servants are massaging his feet somebody is fanning him but he was sweating profusely he was under doubt whether that was real or this is real whether that raja who lost his kingdom is dreaming that he is janaka raja or whether janaka dreamt that so you see inside man there are something which you don't know is it not so tremendous power and what speed you went to america and came back 
You stayed for 20 days within the span of two hours. So the tremendous power of human mind and the human soul. And it was absolutely real, is it not, till you woke up? Similarly, as you will wake up from these three states, deep sleep, dream, and the waking state, the fourth state called the jnana or the turiya will come when you will laugh at all these things and you will say, oh, this is just a mere child's play, but I was so much bothered, worried, and frightened about this. So in deep sleep, all the gold ornaments are thrown away, is it not? All your jeans pant, your eyebrow lining, lipstick, hair dye, everything is thrown out. Your posh building, your wonderful car, your parents, your gold medals, everything is thrown out. And what peace and joy you enjoy, is it not? You can see in the bus when people are traveling, they are doing like this, they are going like this. Sometimes they fall behind somebody's back and then we move to the front. They are in between the seat and our back and sometimes, boom, they hit the bar. And what intoxication, is it not? In the train also we find in the Bombay trains, they are dashing against the bar, dashing against the walls of the compartment. Still, kya nasha? Hmm? What intoxication, is it not? And all this, your ice cream, Nescafe, this thing and that thing, Shrikan, Puran, Poli, what intoxication they are compared to that sleep, is it not? Really, it's a real experience. They say, when with all the things and comforts, you are so much worried, who will steal my gold ornaments, who will steal my wealth, who will steal my money or car, simply you give up everything and without any effort, effortless spontaneity, or full of joy, is it not? And you wake up again, he goes back into the sleep. <laughs> and the whole world is trying for that, is it not? Put on AC, a dreamland cushion mattress, and if you are not able to sleep, what do you do? Sleeping tablets. There you get the touch of God, the infinite bliss, without any effort or parishrama. And Rishi's discovered that. This is the greatest thing India has to offer to the world. Something inside man, something mysterious, something magical, something which cannot be dreamt of by an ordinary man. And Rishis have found out and put it into the Upanishad and Swamiji says, this is the greatest wealth, the divinity of man. On that same one principle of divinity of man, Swamiji weaves his theory of Vedanta and he says the entire humanity is one. If entire humanity is one, is there any need for nuclear power, piling up of armaments, manufacturing missiles and bombs? Is it not? Why are we fighting? Why are we constantly preparing for the war? Why can't we live happily? And that message of Vasudeva Kutumbakam, that is the message India has to give to the other country. That is why Swami Vivekananda wanted India to live. It is not a peculiar limited patriotism of Vivekananda. This is the international patriotism of Vivekananda. Not the national patriotism, the global patriotism. I will wear the Japanese jeans pants, Chicago Bulls t-shirt. I will eat Chinese noodles. I shall hear Michael Jackson's song. I will hear Bhimshan Joshi's bhajans. I will listen to the Kirtans of M.S. Subhalakshmi. I will use Japanese electronic goods, is it not? So when we can have a fusion of all these things, in our life also we should have a fusion of all these things. Mingle both material prosperity and also along with that create spiritual prosperity. 
Swamiji wanted that to be done by an Indian. Because India is a land, the platform for that. The land where these investigations are constantly going on. In the West, lot of money is being spent on students who can do scientific researches. In India, lot of money is being spent for whom? Sadhus and sannyasis. How is that India is throwing money to sadhus and sannyasis? Because they know that in India, the research is on the other field. It is on the spiritual field. Otherwise, how is that sannyasis have simply left their jobs? We have created a lot of employment opportunities, you know, by joining the Ramakrishna Mat. Nearly 1,000 sadhus are there, 1,000 seats are vacant. And all over India, nearly lakhs of sannyasis, so much of employment opportunity. In addition to that, what an amount of welfare activities they are indulging in, is it not? And when I talk to you, I don't charge you anything, is it not? But if you go to Tata Consultancy or any other consultancies, for all these consultations, they will charge you a lot. So look at the wonderful way Swami Vivekananda is acting for the world welfare. For this, he wanted the youngsters, young, brave, bold, intelligent and strong. Ashishto, Dradishto, Balishtaha. Sadhu you are. So this particular message you keep in mind, India has a role to play and that role is a spiritual role and by spirituality, Swamiji means an all-round development both on, the, both on the material plane as well as on the spiritual plane. Now the question is for the material plane, already the things are taking place. Now what is required is manufacturing what? Huh? Manufacturing, in India what is required to be manufactured now? Men with character. A quality Indian is what is required now. One of our ministers met a Japanese minister and he asked, Sir, how is it after the dropping of two bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan is developing like this, but we with our exploding population are not able to achieve anything. He told, in Japan, we have citizens of Japan. In India, you have population. You see the difference between this. We have Japanese citizens and we have population. One of our devotees in Chennai narrated this story to me. Her son was posted to United States in New York. No, not in, New York, in Japan. And as usual in India, as we sit on the train, we put our legs where? On the front seat. Seats are for passengers sitting, is it not? So this man had put his legs as usual, the Indian brain, you see. Indian brain is a superb brain, we will come to that. <laughs> really it is a superb brain, we have been misusing it. So as he was sitting, one Japanese girl was just watching him from the corner of the eyes. What is the time? By three, I have to close. Another 20 minutes' time is there. And as the station for his departure came, he pulled out his legs and he was standing. Immediately, the girl came, took out her kerchief and wiped that seat. And he told, why you are wiping that seat? Another Japanese is going to come and sit there on that seat. She didn't rebuke this boy. She told, another Japanese is going to come and sit on that seat. And in India, what we do? We don't care, you see. 
And you see the first class AC. Once I was traveling from Koricode, Calicut to Trichy by first class AC. And when I was about to get down in Trichy, the man who came to clean the compartment, he is asking the TC, Sir, why is it nowadays in India beggars are traveling in first class AC? Because the AC compartment was full of rubbish. Groundnut skin, banana skin, somebody has taken half a cup of coffee and thrown it under the seat. First class AC passengers. You see how we have been behaving, the trend is going on. Swamiji wanted a quality Indian. That is one of the reasons Ramakrishna Mutt is conducting personality development camps. Not for your individual success. That is so small and petty and selfish. If you become a true Indian, what will happen? Tum chale to Hindustan chale. So in your mind, you have to keep this vision that in me is India. I am condensed India, Vivekananda used to say. So what an amount of responsibility and honor you have got, is it not? This one single message is enough. Man-making was the only message Swamiji wanted to give. Today we are taking only that one particular aspect. Man-making, are you a man? A quality man is what India is lacking. Look at the situation. Whether it is the central government or the state government, what is happening? Now, who is ruling India? Bharat ka shasan kaun kar raha hai Hmm? Quick. Sonia Gandhi. What he told? Huh? And that is all over. But who is ruling? Bharat ka shoshan, shasan kaun kar raha hai? I asked this question in Indore. Bharat ka shasan kaun kar raha hai? A ruling party, Congress. I told Bharat ka shasan koi bhi nahi kar raha hai. Sab log shosan kar raha hai. Shoshanam, exploit as much as possible, whether it is 2G or Commonwealth Games or whatever it be, and dump all these things where? In the Swiss bank. Yesterday I told you the amount of Indian money dumped in Swiss bank, if it is brought back to India, two years, not a single Indian will have to pay taxes. 48 crores of Indian families can be fed. Now the question is, with all your education, with all your comfort, with all your maturity, and with all your development and progress, why is that we Indians are behaving like beggars? There was a beggar recently I heard, either in Patna or someplace of Bihar, he has donated one lakh to Ramakrishnamat for the relief activities he was doing. A beggar, real, it's a real incident, and he told, if you want more, I can give you, because this is a wonderful work you are doing. But as the rulers who are sitting and who are really vested with the honorable responsibility of ruling India, why is that they are sucking the wealth of India and keeping it in other country? So what has happened to our population? Why is that in this quantity, exploding quantity of human beings, we are not able to get one Indian who can sit there as a chief minister and who can tell proudly that Mumbai is for whole world? Is it not? Why we have become so petty, so fragmented, so mean-minded and small like a frog in the well. So Swamiji wanted a quality Indian. The quality Indian will be a really a great Indian. 
What makes a man a great Indian? Where is Tejaswini? How disappeared? Ah, somewhere sleeping near the library. <laughs> Santosh, what? We will not be taking too many messages of Swamiji's. Only this one particular message, man-making, creating a quality Indian. How to design a quality Indian? We are designing Indica cars and so many things. How to design a quality Indian? Spiritual education. And what about material development? May not also. India was developing spiritually and we neglected the material side. That is why we came down crashing in a way. Yes, wonderful. Yes, you are right. Swamiji has given his formula. And if you want to adopt that formula, you can take it. What can make Santosh a great Indian? What can make Swami Veerabhadrananda a great Indian? What can make Swami Vikashanandaji a great Indian? What can make Ishant a great Indian? What will make Tungareji a great Indian? These are all very simple formulas. It is so simple that you will overlook it. Shiv Kera says, whatever is simple, you overlook it. Is it not? What is that? Hmm? What is that slogan? Huh? Whatever is simple, you overlook it. You don't pay much attention to it. But that simple factor, if you pay attention, it will work out wonders. And Swamiji says, three things are required to make a man great. And you will watch this inaction in India going on all around India. Three things are required to make a man great. First is the conviction of power of goodness. Are you convinced about the power of goodness? Goodness means all the values put together. Truthfulness, honesty, sincerity, non-violent, unselfish. All these good qualities... Are you convinced that if you are good, it has a tremendous power in this world? This is the first quality to make a true great Indian. But most of the times we follow these good qualities. Suddenly when temptations and crises come, immediately we give way. Is it not? And that is what is happening to all our great people. Some temptation, some weak movement, immediately we give up our greatness. And then we give justification for that. Conviction of the power of goodness. If you have this goodness, there is a tremendous power generated. Are you convinced of that? What is the value of values? What value you should pay to have all this value in our life? Once I was talking about these values, because values means the good qualities, the power of goodness. It was a Lions Club meeting, and one of the big advocates got up and told, Swamiji, you are all talking about all these things in a big way, but how to stop corruption in this world? And he was very proud, thinking that he has cornered me. And I told, sir, as an advocate, can you stop taking bribes? Now, Swamiji, I am talking in general. I told, I am talking in particular. <laughs> because, tum chalo to Hindustan chale. We need not tackle general things. Come to the particular problem. As an advocate, can you stop taking corruption? 
uh, bribery and stop corruption in your individual life. We expect others to change and we refuse to change, is it not? Because we are not convinced of the power of goodness. There was one man who was convinced of the power of goodness and whole of the Britain, they were trying to put him down and when he comes to the court, even the judge got up, is it not? Have you seen the film Gandhi? And as Mahatma Gandhi comes and enters the court, even the judge will get up. The chief judge, justice will get up and seeing the judge getting up, entire population gathered there in the court will get up and honor Gandhi. Gandhi has, had not spoken one word at that time. Just the power of non-violence, you see. What tremendous power, is it not? Something superior. Gandhi did not do anything, simply walked inside the court and then the audience got up. You see, what power? Just two words, sisters and brothers of America. Three words. And what a thrill through ran, uh, ran through the audience of Chicago, is it not? They went mad. Some of them jumped over the seats to shake hands with Swami Vivekananda. You see, just mere words it looks, but behind the words, what was there? Conviction of the power of goodness. And brilliantly, Swamiji gives expression to this idea of oneness, the unselfishness. I want to take mankind to a place where there is no Quran, no Bible, no Vedas, not by denying the Quran or the Bible or the Vedas, but by uniting the whole of mankind with a common bond of love. See, love is the antithesis of what? Piling up of arms, is it not? It's just the opposite of piling up of arms. So this love is a tremendous power and it comes once you are convinced of the power of goodness. It requires long explanation, I will restrict myself. So goodness, all the good qualities, mulya, what we call as mulya, values, inculcate, even if you are suffering, even if defeat is going to come to you, you pay the price. What is the price I have to pay for following values in my life? My life is the price I have to pay. I am ready to die. Sri Ramakrishna's father was like that. He refused to tell a lie and he was thrown out of the village. And he told, okay, I am ready to die. Look at Harish Chandra. Is it not? He was ready to die. My life is the price I am going to pay for following these values. But in our life, what happens, you know? Oh, what, uh, what will happen if I don't take bribe, uh, bribe, I will be removed. When Rakesh Sharma, when I was in Khetri, used to come to me, and when I used to talk to him about Swamiji, he used to tell his agonies, Swamiji, I'm a go-down inspector of a big government warehouse. After listening to you, I have been very sincere and very honest, but I'm getting threatening calls, blackmailing calls from ministers and big industries. They say, we will kill your wife, your family will be wiped out, you will be murdered. Now, what should I do? Then I told, what is the value of values? Simply throw that job. You need not work. There you can uh, seek some other job. He became a professor. See, it is not necessary that we should sacrifice the value. But you will sacrifice the value if you are not convinced of the power of goodness. Naitikata or Mulya is dono shaktiyon ke upar hamara dhrida vishwas hona chahiye. I am ready to suffer for the sake of following truth. 
for the sake of leading a transparent life. I am willing to undergo all the sufferings. Renounce. If I don't have values in my life, what is the value of my life? Even if I am a rich man, even if I am a famous man, is it not? In the heart of heart, I know who I am, is it not? The world may appreciate, but my own mind will tell, Veerabhadrananda, tum chor ho. Is it not? There is a famous saying in Tamil Nadu, if you can become pure in front of the mirror of your own mind, not in front of others, in front of the mirror of your own mind, if you can be free, then you are really a man convinced of goodness. So conviction of the power of goodness is the first point, Swamiji says, to make a man great. Three things are required to make a man great. Conviction of power of goodness. Vijay Kulkarni, Ghavrunaka. Only two more points. The second one, this is one of the most interesting thing in India. All of you are conversant with that, is it not? Absence of jealousy and suspicion. India abounds in jealousy, is it not? Is it not? And the famous joke of the crabs. You know, Kekada joke. Why is it we have been doing like that? All over India you are seeing this, is it not? Many of the big awards which the scientists have got, I heard that they are all stolen from the people who had gone to them as a student for studying their PhD courses. They were all guides and these scientists have taken their papers and presented and got awards. So much of jealousy and pettiness. Swamiji says this is a typical trait of a slave nation. When somebody is successful, we can't clap, we can't appreciate, we can't smile. If somebody is well off, somebody is comfortable, we are not able to digest it. Why? Swamiji wanted this change to take place, especially among the youngsters. As you are full of strength, physical and mental, try to overcome this tendency to become jealous of others' success. Don't boil in the success of others. You also enjoy, become more broad. Expansion is life, Swamiji used to say. Contraction is death. Conviction of power of goodness. Second one is absence of jealousy and suspicion. And the third one, doing good and helping all others who are trying to be good and doing good. Not that you alone will do good. If somebody is trying to be good, help him to be good. And also if he is trying to do good, help him to do that good work. Don't hinder there's a famous saying in Tamil, to So Swamiji has studied the Indian character, these three weaknesses we have got. We are not convinced of the power of goodness. We have jealousy and suspicion. And we are not able to unite together for any common good. Doing good, and helping others who are doing good and trying to do good. So this is the present scenario in India. Lacking these three qualities. So you have to develop these three qualities to become a quality Indian. India is in need of quality Indian and Swamiji wanted this quality Indian. He will have a harmonious personality. Great in heart. Great in mind and great indeed. 
develop your heart, develop your mind and intelligence so that you can give some contribution for the development of the country. And then great in action. First we had three things for goodness. These three factors for a harmonious personality, great in heart, great in mind and great in action. And another three things which India is in need of is we lack civic sense and hygiene. Is it not? When I was in Malaysia, I used to boast about India. I used to tell 20 Malaysias will make one India. But again, when I came back to India, I found India is an open lavatory. Is it not? India is an open toilet. And even in the toilet, if you go, you will find people don't use the commode. And after using the commode, they won't water. And this is a real incident as I was coming to Pune. Not coming to Pune. I was coming from Chennai to Haripat to come for this program. The train stopped one hour after away from Chennai. Then we were all asking, why? What happened? They told somebody has pulled the chain. And on inquiry, we found out that of course, it was happening in front of us also. We never reacted because it is our country. Three foreigners traveling in the first class AC, they saw three things. Cockroaches were going inside here and there wandering. And I literally saw a rat in the first class AC. And then bathroom and toilet had no water. And they told, we can't travel. We have paid money for this. No water in the toilet, in the lavatory. How can we wash? And they pulled the chain. Until the overhead tank was filled up, train could not start. We are so dirty, you know. Once Ranganathananji, the great Swamiji of our order, as he was traveling in the National Highway of Delhi, one beautiful car with rich people, they were going. And Ranganathananji's car was going behind. Suddenly, he found that the window opened, and from inside the car's window, banana skin, it came out and fell on the road. Ranganathananji told the driver, chase that car and go in front of that car. He overtook and put his car in front of that. Ranganathanji came out. He told, you are so educated, so rich. Can you not keep the banana skin inside the car and drop it in the dustbin when you go to your house? You have seen the famous email from Abdul Kalam. In America, your dog will not pass urine or stool in the street. In Singapore, you will not throw the paper of a toffee paper or biscuit packets. And you won't spit your pawn in other countries. But after coming to India, why do you do that? Why? Don't you love India? This is first point. Second is, we lack orderliness and organized way of working. Anywhere and everywhere. Of course, in the Ramakrishna Mat, you see the opposite. Things are so organized. The students are so organized. How beautifully you have kept your chapels, you know. And not one of you are showing restlessness or impatience or talking amongst yourselves. This is how you imbibe the ambience, you see. The culture and the tradition, the whole aroma of this atmosphere enters into you without your knowledge. This was started by Swami Vivekananda. That is why we are working in an orderly and organized way. Once in America, Swamiji told the elderly lady with whom he was staying, Mother, today I, am, I was tempted. And she asked, who was that fortunate girl? You see how the people look. Swamiji told, today I was tempted. 
Previously, she had warned Swamiji about the American girls. And he told, Mother, today I was tempted. And she asked, who was that fortunate girl? Mother, it was not the girl, but the American way of organizing things. The organization. See, that is how we started the organization, Ramakrishna Martin Mission. Not that our lives of the Swamis are so simple. There were Swamis, you know, our President Maharaj, he will take us for task if our chadar, both the ends are not like this. If the table is not in order, they will take us to task. And if the Ramakrishna Mandir is not cleaned, one of the Pujari Swamis used to come and do like this. Jhadu diya hai tumne? Kya diya hai? Sri Ramakrishna, they baite hai. Is this a way of working? Everything must be done in a very nice, excellent, efficient way, in an orderly and organized way. India lacks it. And the third one is discipline in individual and public life. These three things, if we take care of, India will progress in such a stupendous way that the world will be simply astounded. It happened yesterday also. As I landed from uh, Chennai by Kingfisher, I was just watching. Before that, when I was in Malaysia, I went to Australia and I was coming. Suddenly there was a shout, Indians, please sit down. The plane has landed, it has not halted, the security belt lights were not switched off. See, just as we see in our train and buses, is it not? Through the window we put our kerchief or topi or something and reserve the seat. And before others could come out, we want to come out. And before others could enter into the train, we want to enter into the train. And when in college days we were in Bombay, we used to jump on the wrong side and get out. Because so much of crowd is there, everybody is so self selfish and so preoccupied or self-obsessed, mera seat bachao, ek seat pakad lena vaam par. We put the tiffin box, is it not? If you go to the Bombay locals, I used to travel from Goregaon to Churchigate. I was working in the Back Bay Reclamation Center, where you got the Air India, five-star hotel, Air India office, and other big tall buildings are there. And sometime from the window, if the bars are not there, they will jump and enter through the window also. How difficult for us, you see, indiscipline in public and in the individual life. And I found before the plane could land, they started opening the luggage box above. And as she shouted, the officer shouted all the Indians, and it was, I felt so ashamed, you know. So these three points, three things for greatness, three things for a harmonious personality, and three things which we have to avoid. These three are the messages that is coming from the life of Swamiji. And you will be given a book, The Friend of All. As you go through the incidents of Swamiji's life, you will find how he behaves, how he conducts himself, himself in India as well as in other countries, and how people were impressed with the personality of Swamiji. The feeling of pride in being an Indian, that pride will exhibit in your conduct and in your behavior. And by changing yourself, making yourself a quality man, you will give such a push to the development of India that Westerners will look at you and marvel at your character. And that is the best way to serve India. Nivedita, when she came to India, she asked Swamiji, how can I serve India? He used only four alphabets with the word India. What was that? Love India. 
if I love my tape recorder, how nicely I keep it, is it not? To love India, I should love the Indian that is myself. If I love myself, my behavior, my conduct, both in the individual as well as in the public life will undergo a change, is it not? A quality transformation will come. So Vivekananda, like the oil refinery, Indian oil refinery, is also an Indian character refinery system. Read Vivekananda. You'll find this transformation coming to your personality. Absorb these other messages also. But in short, the message of Swamiji to youth is prepare yourself to become a quality Indian by catching all of these three points. How to become great, how to have a harmonious personality, and what are the defects in our character which we should avoid. And tum chaloto, Hindustan chale. Thank you and good wishes. May the blessings, the fiery blessings of our leader Swami Vivekananda and Bharat Mata be on all of us. Hari Om.